today on an NFL edition of Lighting Money on Fire. We get into that sweet, sweet Super Bowl victory of the New England Patriots and all the things that happened within it. We go over our prop bets within that game. We also talk about next year and some really exciting bets for next year's Super Bowl. You can make right away, right now. We've got some of those as well. We're going to cover it all right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I know you're excited, but you it's the volume of your voice is so crazy high right now. You're talking so loud. What's up with that? Is that the Patriots excitement just bursting out of you? I can't believe they won. I can't believe they actually won another Super Bowl. It's absurd they won this Super Bowl. Seriously, you're like yelling at me. It's right absurd. Now. <laughs> Why are you yelling it's at me? It's insane that they actually won this Super Bowl. It is. D four doesn't line up in the neutral zone. The Chiefs probably win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's how close it is. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, the Saints could have won the Super Bowl too. Right. We could talk about that. Right. It could be it's so easily Chiefs, Saints in the Super Bowl, and who knows who wins. Instead, it was Pats, Rams, and the Rams scored three points the entire game. I think it was around week twelve or thirteen this year that I proclaimed on this podcast that this is the first year for many years that I would actually be a little bit surprised if the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they did it anyway. Were you surprised? Um, once it actually was decided that the Patriots were going to the Super Bowl and playing the Rams, I was not surprised. Mm. I didn't feel like the Rams were quite ready, and Patriots executed really well all of the off season or the postseason. So I figured yeah. maybe they're actually going to just do it again and. Lo and behold, it was the most boring fucking Super Bowl of all time. Not and, true. Not true. I mean, okay, it's less boring than, you know, like the Broncos-Seahawks Super right. Bowl. There are a lot of blowouts which were where the game was not right. even it contested. It is the most boring, close Super Bowl of all time. That I will give you. <laughs> I did not enjoy much of that game. Right. But it you was, also enjoyed it even less when the Patriots scored their touchdown. I watched your face, and it, you just fell apart inside. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> you were so sad. And then when they... When they um, they got the pick. You were so sad. And they kicked the field goal. You were so everybody, sad. Everybody in the room was sad. There were like 10 people in the room. We were watching it. Yeah, there were like four of us who were rooting for the Pats, man. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the game uh, itself. Because okay. even though I understand it wasn't uh, high flying and there were, there were very few. There was one snap in the red zone the entire game, which is insane. Right, the Sony yeah, Michelle touchdowns, that, the only uh, the only red zone part of play. why it was so boring. Yeah, there I weren't understand. any like high flying, cool catches. Right, really, the Gronk was... catch was the most spectacular yeah. catch of the game, which wasn't spectacular. It was right. just pretty good. Yeah, right. There's if no, uh, no deep bombs or anything. I mean, if uh, Jared Goff is a little quicker on that one pass to uh, Brandon Cooks, that's almost certainly a touchdown. But yeah. it took a little too long, and then Gilmore came in and really in a beautiful play broke it up. Uh, actually, that wasn't Gilmore. I'm sorry. That was Jason McCourty. Uh, broke it up. And uh, that was kind of it. It was weird. I got some stuff for you about this game, though, that I want to talk about a little bit. So so first of all, it's kind of incredible the Pats held the Rams to three points, right? Yeah, the Rams had a good offense all year. They scored much. 33 points a game this season. They did taper off at the end, though. They did. But still, 33 points a game. Yeah. They scored three. That's the least they scored in any game this season, not surprisingly. I think the Bears held them to six. When that's the Bears that's right. Them. It was six. Um, yeah. The Pats used a lot of the Bears' concepts, too. The Pats sort of copied some of what the Bears were doing, although also showed the Rams some new looks. Some of the things that I think really worked for the Patriots defensively was that they um, they were doing a cover four, so they're dropping four safeties back and then rushing um, 
and then we're able, for whatever reason, to get consistent pressure on Goff. And so Goff would feel the pressure, but also look down. And they were playing zone with the cover four. The cover four is a zone. It's not man-to-man. Goff and the Rams were expecting the Pats to play man. I think the Pats played more man than anyone this season, but played less man in this game than like almost anyone played all season. <laughs> they play, showed him zone like 60% of the time. And it confused Goff. He wasn't ready for it. The Rams weren't ready for it, and they never really adjusted. So that was just weird. The kind of pressure they were able to get on him because they were like a lot of sacks and then a lot of almost sacks, which were, co- they were all coverage based. Like usually he, it wasn't like they got to him instantly. They, they just eventually got to him. Yeah. I mean, watching the Rams offense was not fun. It was not. No. I mean, Todd Gurley is clearly still hurt, right? He, like, I mean, it seems like he has to be. He, he, um, the, both Gurley and the Rams have said he's fine. He's not getting surgery. The Rams just announced he's not getting surgery in the offseason, which a lot of people were wondering if he was going I mean, you can, to. You can have a severe sprain that, yeah. that limits you for months and not have to get surgery on it. I don't understand why they would feel the need not to say, like, he's hurt, though. It seems, like, fine to say that, especially now it serves the Rams to say it because they look bad. Yeah. And if they just said, okay, fine, he had a, he had a knee sprain, he had an ankle sprain, whatever it is, um, it doesn't change anything now. You know, it actually makes Gurley look better and the Rams look better. So you think they it's it's in their interest to say something. They still haven't. Are you telling me they really benched Gurley for most of this game? And by the way, the last game too? No, it's crazy. There's some weird injury thing that happens in sports. This this is reminding me a lot of the Portland Trailblazers in basketball. Um, last year when they got swept by the Pelicans and Damian Lillard, who was an MVP candidate for the majority of the year, was horrible. Mm-hmm. He had he'd been coming off an injury. They never said he was still hurt. I am still convinced he was still hurt. I've right. never seen him play that poorly. Right. And but they never came out and said anything to make him look better, which was weird because yeah. it feels like, of course, he was hurt. I mean, he could have come out and said something yeah, too, and also didn't. It's right. interesting. And then this seems similar with Todd Gurley. It's possible the player for some reason doesn't want to get that out, and then the team is just like going with that. Yeah. Because the team shouldn't care right. one way or the other, and the player. I mean, it, it's strange. Um, okay. Other things to talk about, just in terms of this defensive thing and the Rams' lack of ability to adjust for whatever reason. So, first of all, the Rams never punted eight times in any game this season, and they punted their first eight possessions in the Super Bowl, which is crazy, number one. Number two, so there's different kind of personnel groupings that you can do in football, and the thing that Patriots are best at defending is what's called 11 personnel, which means one running back and one tight end, right? They were um, third in the league at defending 11 personnel all season. The Rams throw the most 11 personnel passes so out of anyone in the league. So, okay, that seems like that's going to favor the Pats a lot, right? But the Rams are actually more efficient throwing 12 personnel, which means one running back, two tight end, um, than 11 personnel. And the Pats are terrible defending 12 personnel. They were number 26 in the league, and yet the Rams never adjusted. I think they had... They ran 12 personnel something like four times. They were all really successful plays. It was the Cooks um, play where Goff was late for the touchdown. They also had three other plays that were between 9 and 15-yard passes. Like, they were successful doing it when they did it. Still did not continue to do it. As opposed to the Patriots, where McDaniels in the fourth quarter actually tore up his game plan completely, um, said, all right, forget it. Nothing's working. Let's go. Let's do something different. And they went jumbo the rest of the way and brought in all their big dudes and jammed it down the Rams' throats, basically. And that worked. So you think this was a failure of coaching by Sean McVay and his staff? I think it is to some degree a failure of coaching. I think more than a failure on their part, it's a 
it crowns Belichick. This is not a big surprise. We already knew this as the best NFL coach, probably of all time. And maybe you, maybe the best pro sports coach of all time, maybe just the best coach of all time to hold this team to three points in the biggest game of the season seems like such a defensive masterpiece. I don't know if, I don't know how much we can really get on McVay for getting out coached by the best coach ever. You know, like, okay, everyone else gets outcoached by him, too. Are you, ta- are, you, are you counting Tom Hanks from a league of their own? <laughs> I was not, actually. I wasn't counting fictional coaches, and maybe that's on me. Coach that's, Carter also. Wait, that's fictional? Both of those are fictional? <laughs> um, I think I Coach Carter... I thought they were Car- at least based on a true story. They actually are both based on a true story, I think. Actually, I don't know if Coach Carter is, but league of their own is. I mean, like, 90% of movies say they're based on a true story, and it doesn't, have, mean, it doesn't have to be true. There was fun there fact, was a female league. Fun fact, there's no legal entity that looks at movies that say based on a true story and is like, oh, nope, that director's going to jail. It's not based on a I true story. I mean, they're story. careful, though. Sometimes they say inspired by true events. Sometimes yeah. they say based on a real story. So they, they get away with as much as they can. But these days, like, parent normal activity six they're like inspired by actual events yeah. which means like somebody thought they saw a ghost once someone ha- saw ghost hunters on tv it doesn't have to mean anything there's no right. there's no you can say based on a true story no whenever you want it has I, I don't know that that's i don't know if you can actually. what what would the reaction be that would be negative? i mean that could be false advertising you could be, i think i think that's why they don't always say based on a true story i think that's why they say inspired false by actual advertising and yeah you could be sued by who by the consumer by by a lawyer who does a class action. It's suit. not advertising though; it's a movie. No, if you say based on a true story, that not, means you're putting it, in your previews. And no, stuff. no. If you don't put it in the previews, if oh. it just says at the beginning of the movie, based on a true oh, story, then I don't know. I mean, actually, Fargo did that, right? They said yeah. this is based on a true story. It absolutely isn't. You're supposed to know that it isn't. You're supposed to figure that out. But still, like they do say that, so maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm convinced there's nothing you could do to like mm-hmm. sue a director of a movie for putting that at the beginning of a movie. Put it at the beginning of like The Dark Knight, and, <laughs> and what are you what are you gonna do? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, it was it was an extraordinary game for the Patriots, especially and like the Patriots are currently. This is jumping into next year now a little bit. Currently, the favorites on Pinnacle and everywhere. I thought the the Chiefs were, but it turns out the Pats are the number one team in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl next year, which seems absurd to me. Tom Brady in his last two games in the playoffs had one touchdown and three interceptions against the Chiefs and the Rams. That is not good. Well, this is they, they're not setting these lines based on logic. They're setting it. Well, they're setting it based on a different type of logic than you're of expounding course. upon. They're setting it based on what the betting public is going to do. Right. And they're going to bet on the team that just won the Super Bowl. Cause, right. You and know, it's Brady and Belichick. Recency right. bias and all that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they, they'll find a way, which they did this time. And Brady was great when they absolutely needed him to be in both games. He was really, really good. But the rest of the time, he wasn't so hot. And I don't know, man. He's, he's going to be 42, and he's going to start for them next year. That seems pretty clear at this point. Yeah. Um, the Pats are going to be able to retool a lot. They have uh, six picks in the first, like, 98 picks in this draft, and the, apparently the top 100 is where, like, all the value is second, third, and fourth rounds. So they're kind of set up to, like, retool on the fly a little bit. But without a quarterback who's truly elite, I'm not sure it would be how nice. far they're really going to go. It would be a nice time to have Garoppolo still. Um, yeah, it would. At the same point, it's hard to be too upset about trading Garoppolo when you went to the Super Bowl the year you traded him, and then you won the Super Bowl the year after. Like, the Brady, like, kind of forced him out, and Brady proved, was proven to be correct, right? Yeah. I mean, so no, you can't be upset as the that's Pats. That's fair. I just say, I'm just saying it would be better right now if you had him. It would. It would be a weird spot, though. Do you, you just won the Super Bowl. Do you start him next year, or do you start Brady? You start Brady, right? Yeah. So that means he's still on the bench. <laughs> he's yeah. a free agent already, you know? Yeah. Like, so it gets, it gets really where you're going to be paying him like $22 million a year to just sit on the bench for the next several that's, years. That's true. The 49ers did that with Steve Young back in the day, but it wasn't great. 
you know, it creates all these problems. Anyway, so yeah, the game, the majority of the world found it very boring. Yes. I am included in that. People hated the Maroon 5 halftime show more. They did. I uh, I wasn't aware that it was a particularly bad halftime show as it was happening because I think they're all pretty bad. Mm. But apparently people think it's like extra bad. I, I thought it was just as bad as normal. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. There are a lot of people who are all excited for SpongeBob SquarePants and like apparently they were going to sing Sweet Victory. That was the, which is I guess the SpongeBob I, song or something. That has nothing to do with me or anything yeah. that I care about. But so people got really excited about that and then they like showed SpongeBob and then did didn't do anything with it, and so everyone was upset about that on the I, internet. I don't anyway. understand. I don't understand yeah. why. Yeah, um, I don't care. I don't yeah. care about that. Um, I'm glad they played Sugar because I like that song. That's it. That's all I got. I don't. It's, it was where that he took off his shirt and he had that California tattoo on his like his stomach. I didn't get that either. It all. I mean, halftime shows always suck, right? They're always bad. Mostly they suck. Sometimes they're at least okay and kind of fun. It's interesting how the halftime show is often the thing that brings everyone in the Super Bowl party back into the room, though. Yeah. Because some people don't care about the game, but everyone wants to watch the halftime show almost no matter what. So there's actually... It's a, this is an interesting spot for the NFL this year where they were trying to get performers and they got kept getting turned down, like Rihanna turned them down. Multiple performers turned them down because the whole Colin Kaepernick right. thing and they were trying to side with Kaepernick which by the way was also a weird thing for Maroon 5 then yeah. to accept in the face of all that and not in Maroon 5 but also Big Boy and the uh, right. the rapper I don't know is Travis Scott I guess yeah yeah um, not and these are not like notably conservative people you would right. expect it to be like Toby Keith who was like oh yeah I'll take one for mm-hmm. the team you know mm-hmm. not not like this yeah not even taking one for the team I'll show like yeah. everyone there's another side you know yeah. but this was more and then also, it's in Atlanta, not to get Atlanta area artists if you're going to do it right. in Atlanta, especially when you're getting turned down by the whole world. I guess they just want to get the most popular people they can because it's watched by 100 million people. And so, and that's where everyone comes back in. They, I think it costs more money to advertise during the halftime show than it does during the game at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that makes sense, actually, because... Super Bowl parties are not made up of people who care about football as much as the average NFL game that is watched, obviously. Right. Like, yeah. There's of a bunch of people there who it's the only game they watch all year, mm-hmm. um, which is why the commercials and the halftime show are such a big deal. Although my experience over my entire adult life is that this whole commercial thing about the importance of the commercials is a bit of a myth, uh, only in practice, in the way that we take in the Super Bowl, because I feel like people are always talking over the commercials when we're when you have any group of people watching the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, there's drinking involved and stuff. So, But somehow the halftime show gets everybody's attention again. But the it, commercials it don't get a lot of attention. There was a point, and I, I mean, I've been to your Super Bowl party for the last several years now, and I certainly agree. Everyone talks through most of the commercials, and so, every so often everyone's quiet. It's been at your place, too. Okay, fair enough, yeah. but whatever. Um, but, like, mostly everyone's talking, and then every so often there's one or two commercials that everyone shuts up for, and we're like, what's going on? And, yeah. it's, and you know something, like, they've done a good job. Right. But I've definitely been to Super Bowl parties before that um, where everyone was excited to watch all the commercials, and everyone would be quiet. And like, That's when everyone shut up was during the commercials because it was so exciting to see what the commercials were going to be. And we would all talk about, was that a good one or not? What do we think about it? You know, it was like movie trailers in some ways. So I do remember that, and I don't know if it's just not like that at the parties that you and I go to because we've sort of had the same group of people watching these Super Bowls. Yeah, maybe. We've been watching with now for like 10 years or something. Um, or if that's if that's truly representative of the rest of the country, and my guess is it isn't. But I don't I don't know. I, it might just have to do with how much drinking is involved. Our, yeah. our parties involve much drinking, 
that might be more Maybe. of an ignoring the commercials type thing. And I, also, I personally don't care about the commercials very much. Like I also, you know, YouTube has changed things where now you, you can see the commercials. You can see all the good ones anyway. There's never yeah. a concern about that. So it's not a big deal. And this, and I'm, you know, I'm there for the game. Like I just care yeah, about the game. Too. And so, and the snacks, you know, so like, that's so the commercial is my opportunity to deal with snacks, and then the game is my opportunity <laughs> to deal with the game. Yeah, the end. Yeah, I, gener- I generally agree with that. Snacks and beer for me, but yeah, yeah. I I do agree with that. I, I didn't think there were any particularly good commercials either this year that I remember. Like there was the Bud Light one that people reacted strongly to. The Game of Thrones Bud Light one with the uh, corn syrup. Oh, that, that one. That appear- for some reason. Actually, by the way, the the room shut up for that one. Yeah, I'm not sure why. But we all shut up and watched that. Yeah. We all shut up and watched, I think it was Bud Light with the um, the Game of Thrones tie-in. Was it Bud Light or some other beer? I can't remember who it was. It was some beer, probably Bud Light, but who cares? But that that was like the favorite commercial of the room. We all, shut, well, we all watched that and like had big reactions to that. Apparently, the commercials were pretty good this year, according to, I don't know, someone who, like the critics or whatever. But I don't know. I didn't see very many of them. Yeah. And don't, just, and don't care that much. I don't care either. I don't feel like there's been a good Super Bowl commercial since Puppy Baby Monkey, which is the best of all time. I mean, the Willie Nelson, uh, So God Made a Farmer commercial, the Chipotle ad, was amazing. That was a long time. That was like the um, second Pat's Giant Super Bowl. That was an incredible commercial. I don't even remember that one. I still remember it. It was like, man, so good. Anyway, so we had prop bets. I'm going to change the subject. Well, I want to do something before that oh, real okay. quick. Um, Mention another happening that happened in the NFL over this time period, which is the MVP was named. Oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no not, surprise. Not, not anybody's... I mean, he had 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards in his first year as a starter. It's 23. Ins- it's insane. Yeah. Nobody does that in their first year. Yeah. Mahomes did and also had some good rushing. Um, obviously, it looks like the, the future of the NFL. Where is he going in a fantasy drafts? That's a good question. I'm I agree. Twelve team draft. Uh, four point. P- what? Four point per passing touchdown. Sure, half PPR. I mean, he had the best fantasy season in history. He had huge separation from the other quarterbacks. He's going to be twenty four. All his weapons are coming back with him. You'd expect him to get. I mean, he may regress, but you'd expect him to improve actually as a quarterback. All right. So here's here's I have a, a double take on this. Okay. Um, in a league like the league that we're in together, or one of the leagues we're in together where we have a snake draft, where people mostly know their ship yeah. like decently well. Okay. Like quarterbacks don't get taken in the first round anymore. They used to. Right. Um, like the first quarterback was third round this year, mm-hmm. I think. I think he probably should go in the late second, early third. I think he probably will go early second in that type of league. I think he's going to go at the end of the first round in a league, even like that. Yeah. Um, I think he probably should go mid second to, t- to early second, um, early second. Yeah. Wow. I know. And it's weird. Cause we did our top, whatever, 15, 18 fantasy guys. I didn't have him in there. I didn't consider him. But as the more I think about it, if he, if he can just continue to do what he did, he doesn't have to get any better. If he keeps up what he was doing, he's going to deliver probably first round value i would think he's as safe as safe can be in that way right i don't think it's clear that he's going to keep doing that well 50 touchdowns and five thousand yards is pretty hard i mean it's hard to know how hard it is for him right like i don't know how drew Brees threw for five thousand yards for like four years in a row why can't mahomes he's yeah. gonna be 24 they're gonna i mean it, it seems hard to imagine they're gonna like bottle him up now like they're probably gonna let him go crazy like and maybe maybe they've already let him go crazy I don't know that he's reached his ceiling. 
No, I don't. I imagine he's not. So if he's got more to go, maybe you're right. Maybe 50 and, and 5,000 is the wrong number. Maybe it's 55 and 5,200 yards. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's 40. And, you know, if it's the thing is this if it's 40 and 4,700 yards, now you've really screwed up your draft. Yeah. But I think someone's going to take that chance because if you're right on Mahomes, you just, you could, you might just win your league. Not only on that, but that makes it so much easier, too, because you're going to have such separation from all the other quarterbacks. Well, obviously, if it's a two-quarterback league, you should go first overall. We can. Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. But yeah. but we're talking about normal. Yeah. Even normal stuff, he was so much better than everybody else. It was kind of crazy. He was very good. So I have a, a question straight from the, the lips of Hot Wing Man. Oh, good. Patrick Mahomes. He didn't actually ask this. I imagine he's asking this in his head right now. All right, Jonathan, Patrick Mahomes, or Michael Thomas? Yeah, um, I... Probably I'm going Mahomes. Uh-oh, Hot Wing Man is not going to give you I any I think hot I'm wings. going Mahomes right now. There, I got a whole offseason to figure this out and think about it. So I don't... I'm just... This is just, you know... They look, there was talk about... There was a, a real conversation in the sports world about, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? I know. So... Any like we all we're all prisoners at the moment. Clearly, by the way, Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. Let me let me no. as a Patriots fan, let me be very strong and clear about that. Maybe he could grow into that, but he's 32. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'd be really surprised if it did. You know, but but like so, Mahomes just won the MVP. He just had this season. It's possible. You know, we'll look at some of the numbers. Maybe some of his um, team will change a little bit, and we'll feel like all right, this isn't really crazy. Honestly, the ADP is going to affect me too. It's going to have an anchoring effect. If he's going in the third round, I'm going to start to feel like he's a third rounder. Sure. If he's going in the first, but I don't think he will. I think he's going to be going in high second, early first in almost every draft. My guess is his ADP is going to be that high. No matter what the experts say, that that's where he's got, going to actually be going. You know, that people are going to take him in the first round because he's the most notable guy in the league right yeah. now. All right, one, one more question about yeah. Mahomes. Cool. What line do you set on MVPs that he wins in his career? Oh, that's a great How question. How many? Okay. In the, in the NFL, it's hard to win multiple MVPs, like, back-to-back. -back. They rarely will give it to the same guy back-to-back. -back. Yeah. It's like the, it's, in some ways, it's like the NBA, where you have to so exceed what you did the year before or have everyone else be so far away from you for them to really be willing well, to do Mahomes it. Well, if Mahomes does the same thing he did this year yeah. and everybody else does the same thing they did this year, they right. have to give it to him again. I agree. I agree. Um, I think... A fair number is three total. Three? I think three and a half. Is maybe, okay, maybe that's a fair. Good line. Three and a half is actually a pretty good betting line. I'd probably take the... Uh, I would take the under, but but I wouldn't feel great about it. You know, I would... I think four is not crazy at all for Pat Mahomes. I think you just have to take the under because of injuries. That's the main reason why I'd do it. If, if, you, if you promised me health, like perfect health, through his age 40 season, I'm taking the over. Mm -hmm. I think I'm taking four because... How does he not get there if he's got perfect health? Like, mm -hmm. it feels like he almost has to get there. I know Tyreek Hill is really good, but he's, but Mahomes is the thing that makes the whole thing really happen. Damn it. Damn and it. we can find other guys who can get open down the field. Maybe not as easily as Tyreek Hill, but Mahomes is so good. He makes no look passes in the NFL. No one does that. He he's does. 20. He's going to be 24. Yeah. Um, Mahomes. Okay. One other fantasy question before we get to our prop stuff. Different. So Todd Gurley. Yeah. Not getting many carries anymore. Yeah, that that's a good. This is a good question. Uh, where where does he belong right now? Right now, the we're doing a draft right now. Is where CJ, are you taking is him? CJ Anderson on the Rams next year? Oh, that's a good question. Let's let's say he is. Let's say he is. And even if Gurley is has has been hurt and is now healthy, CJ Anderson, I think, is their goal line guy for a lot of a lot of these maybe, goal line plays. Maybe yeah. I don't know if you can take Gurley number one anymore. I don't think you can. 
He maybe he's top five still, right? Probably he's top five because still the the upside is humo- is still huge, right? So who's number one then? Is it Saquon? Is it Christian McCaffrey? To me, it's Saquon or Zeke. Um, it's I think I go Saquon, but I'm fine with Zeke. Honestly, it looks like Eli's going to be starting again for them. Makes me want to take Zeke instead. Yeah. Um, but I think those guys are what super close. What if Ingram close. is gone in New Orleans? I wouldn't move Kamara past those guys for me. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that they aren't going to find someone like Ingram to give the ball to a fair amount of the time because they they take care of those running backs they always have in New Orleans. They don't pick one guy. Yeah. Kamara was great anyway, but still, like, he wasn't number one, and I don't see how he... It's, it's just really hard for him to be the number one guy over the course of the whole season if they're not going to give him... 22 touches a game, you know, but they're going to give Zeke 22 touches a game. They're just going to do that. That's true. And Saquon probably too. And he's such a monster. Saquon. Saquon can turn anything into a touchdown. It feels like I'm a big fan. He's an alchemist. He was rookie of the year. He deserved it. Although Baker Mayfield was very good too, but Saquon deserved it. Baker Mayfield was very good. Hey, before we get to props, got me talking about hot wing man earlier. Yeah. I want to read a tweet from hot wing man. Great. About the Super Bowl. Cool. At money fire pod. What was your favorite punt? Sorry if controversial, but mine is the one from Hecker with about eight minutes left in the third. <laughs> from his own six, he booms it past midfield. So much grit and guts. Buzzing to hear your thoughts on best punts. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is crushing the tweets That's to us. He's been funny. doing it for a while now. That is a very funny tweet. Yeah. That was, by the way, I think the longest punt in Super Bowl history, that punt yeah. from the six. But... um but it was not an impressive pun. All the same, it just rolled and rolled. Of course, I love. I love. Sorry if controversial. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. How about the fact that so Hecker's um like a, a backup quarterback. He's like the number. He's like the emergency quarterback yeah. for the Rams or something. Um, has thrown a bunch of passes this year. You know, out of fake punts. Also, the Rams never did any kind of tricky play with him or anything else. No, like big tricky play. They didn't even do like any sort of reverses or anything. Right. Did they? Not that I remember. No, nothing. And like the Rams often do stuff like that. I guess they were just really handcuffed. They felt super handcuffed by what the Pats were doing to them defensively. Yeah. Which is weird because the Pats were not amazing defensively this year. It seems like uh, like the old guy out coached the young guy this time. It does seem like that. It also seems like Goff was what we were saying before. A little nervous. Know, yeah, like like shaky. Honestly, Brady looked shaky too most of the game. Yeah. Um, but in the fourth quarter, Brady, as he does in every Super Bowl, got his head on straight. And drove him down the length in the field. Had some nice passes, including the, the beautiful one to Gronk, which set up the game-winning touchdown. And uh, Goff could not match any of that. Goff had, like, one nice play Goff the entire was, game. Goff was shit. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's re- they're going to have a really interesting decision in Los Angeles in about a year when Goff is going to be eligible for an extension. And they either have to pay him, like, $24 million a year or $30 million a year or not do that and just draft another quarterback and trust that McVay can make it work. And like part of the reason why the Rams have worked so well is because they can spend all this money on other guys because Goff is on his rookie salary. Yeah. And paying Goff like that means they aren't going to be able to keep this level of personnel. We've seen it happen in Seattle too, where it's just, it screws everything up once you start paying the quarterback that much. It's understandable. It's going to happen. But like maybe is Goff really the guy you want to, you want to put the ring on his finger? I I don't think he is. I don't know. He could become just a, a more extreme version of Derek Carr where, at, during his rookie contract showed flashes of like, oh, this is a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And then you pay him big time and you're like, well, that kind of, now we, now we don't have Khalil Mack anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great point. Yeah. So, I mean, so Goff has a whole season to like show that he is like going to move past this and be great and not yes. have like these, this month long, because he had in the season, he had sort of a month of just, 
I don't know. He was like in the desert somewhere. And then it is really continuing in the playoffs. Um, so if he doesn't have that, if he's consistent and strong throughout the season as one of the better quarterbacks in the league, fine. But if he isn't, if he's, if he had another year like this, where he looks good for a while and then falls off the face of the earth for like six weeks, I don't think you can give him that much money. I think it's a mistake. I don't care if he was the number one pick. I don't care if your team is good. Find someone else. There's a million guys. Get Nick Foles. I don't care. They already tried that. Yeah, they did. But they didn't have Sean McVay. They had Jeff Fisher win. Like, yeah. Sean McVay should be able to make a reasonable quarterback reasonable. That's all you're looking for, right? Maybe not. I mean, they throw the ball a lot. I don't know, man. I may, Maybe Goff is enough for them. And they, But it seems, like, very dangerous to build around that guy if you're going to give him $30 million a year. Like, it really hurts the Rams to do yep. that. It does. Anyway. It'll be interesting to see which which of the recent quarterback draft classes ends up having the best careers. Cause we've had some pretty significant draft classes recently with, you know, Goff and Wentz and then uh, Trubisky and Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. I mean, yeah. that, that one's got to be like the, that's one. the favorite right now. I, it just has to be all yeah. three of those guys are like exciting young quarterbacks. Yeah. Mahomes is a lot more than that. Yeah. The other two though, also feel like they could really ascend to be certainly top 10. Watson probably already is a top 10 quarterback. He's like borderline top 10. Yeah. He's probably around 15 right now. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but they could both certainly like Watson could ascend to be, you know, a top three quarterback in the league. I don't know if troops has got that level of upside, but he's got he certainly top 10. He might have that level. Yeah. Of upside. I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah. see as we go. Yeah. So yeah, that, that seems like the front runner right now, but of course then this year we had the Baker Mayfield draft class, which oh, yeah. had five quarterbacks in the first round. And, I mean, Baker looked really good. Baker looked great. Uh, nobody else was, like, amazing. I mean, Lamar Jackson was successful. Yeah. I don't know if he was amazing, but they were doing something really different and stuff we don't see anymore, which is they run the ball constantly. He's bad at throwing for the most part. But he was pretty effective anyway. I don't know. I wouldn't say he was good, but they were good, and he was effective. And, I mean, they're clearly are committing to him. Flacco's going to be a free agent. They're letting Flacco go. Uh so that's just fascinating to me that they're they're going that direction and see what happens. It's possible that in five years those three draft classes are going to have ten of the thirty-two starters in the NFL yep. quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean some of them are probably going to wash out. But right, it's possible, still. but like yeah, one of the Darnold Rosen guys is probably not going to make it, but we'll see. My guess is Darnold is going to make it, but I don't know about Rosen. Yeah, yeah, but who knows? Who knows? That's down the road for all those guys. D- DTR. Exactly. DTR. I mean, there's so many young quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah. Josh Allen had, was impressive at times he was. as well. He was. He runs the ball like like nobody. Like a, Well, not he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he was very effective. I think he had more yards. He did. He, which he's, is crazy. He's pretty fast. It's hard to be faster than Lamar Jackson. Anyway, let's talk about our props from the Super Bowl. Okay. Is, have you just been avoiding this because you did so badly? I did very poorly. I'll just go through all of mine and you go through all of yours. Okay. Um, all right, so I we each picked five. Uh, the first one I picked was Gronk to go for under 49.5 receiving yards. Um, that was at minus 133. He got like 80 receiving yards. 87. I yeah. really expected that he was just going to effectively die on the field and, and like run five yards and have the ball thrown off of his helmet, but it looked like he was actually pretty effective. Yeah. Um, so the big question surrounding this is obviously, does Gronk retire? What is your take on that? I fully expect him to retire, uh, within the next two weeks. I agree. I mean, he's broken. He's entirely broken. He won another title. It's an incredible way to go out. He's got all the money he needs. He's going to have opportunities to do lots of things. Unlike a lot of NFL players who sort of like just fall into oblivion. Like he's the opposite of that, right? He can do 
broadcast stuff. He can do commercials forever. He can do all sorts of different endorsement stuff, like with leagues. It doesn't. It could be like MMA stuff, not actually fighting even. He can do anything. Everyone loves Gronk. He's in great shape. Also, he's a silent partner in that cupcake shop that Brian Arakpo has that he always talks about on that Microsoft Surface commercial. I don't know what you're talking about uh, right now. A, it airs like... Oh, no, I know, I know the commercial. Oh, he's not what actually it? a silent partner. Yeah, that's that. what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were kidding. Okay, no. that's all I meant. Yeah. Um, no, that commercial airs on NBA League Pass during every commercial. Mm-hmm. Every commercial. All right, my next one, also a failure. I had Corderell Patterson receiving more than 18 and a half yards. That was stupid. Plus 129. <laughs> I felt like it was a good idea because the Rams have a really good interior defensive line and they're going to have the Patriots are going to have to like leak out their their guys like Corderell Patterson to mm-hmm. get passes in the flat. And he instead only received 14 yards and failed me. Yep, I blame him for that. Um, I had Patriots to score a touchdown in the third quarter. Whoops. Because... <laughs> They always defer. They always want the ball in the third quarter. That's their whole plan, and they always come out with a good game plan in the third quarter. Nobody scored any touchdowns except for, you know, the Sonny one Michelle. Patriots. Yeah. yeah. And it was not in the third quarter. Hey, I got one right. Mm. And it was about not believing in Jared Goff, and I should have done more not believing in Jared Goff. Uh, I wanted... I. I decided Jared Goff's first pass was either going to be incomplete or intercepted. Oh, yeah. You d- I remember that. You really liked that one. I, I remember did, that. and you and were that right. One came in, nailed it. He it was incomplete pass. That was at plus 173 also. So yeah. nice deal. Pretty good. And uh, I thought that both teams would have the outright lead in the fourth quarter or overtime, which did not happen. The Rams never led, so. Yeah. That was at plus 280, but I did not get it. Both teams have the outright lead in the fourth quarter of time. Yes, yeah. since the Rams never led, it was impossible yeah. for you to have that. Okay. All right. So you did poorly. You went one and four yep. in your five bets. Here are mine. I had Gronk with no touchdown. That came in, although only by about a yard and a half. Yeah. You know, he gets an extra half a step. He's going to be in. So but sick. The variance hit me so hard. So sick. Under three and a half receptions for uh, Chris Hogan. 24. Yeah. And uh, that came in. He had zero receptions. They threw to him six times, but zero receptions. Pat's touchdown in the first quarter, I said no. Good job. Because as I said, they never do anything in the first quarter. It turns out they didn't do anything in the first three quarters of this game, but they're notoriously so slow Super Bowl starters. Jared Goff, longest pass, over 38 and a half yards. Uh, I actually didn't look this up, but I assume he did not get that. Yeah, I don't think Because the only one that I think was reasonable for him to have pulled off was the uh, Brandon Cooks one that was broken up by Jason McCourty when, when Goff was late. That would have been over 38 and yeah. a half. So I assume that didn't come in. And James White over four and a half receptions. He had one reception. Yeah, so the Corderell Patterson and James White things, I felt like were really good bets because of the interior line, but I guess it just didn't work out that way. Uh, yeah, it ended up being that they they focused, I think, to really trying to take away, especially James White. And they did, but that just meant Julian Edelman got and Gronk got, got more targets, and those guys were effective. And now, I mean, the Pats only scored 13 points. That should have been enough. That should have been fine. Like the Rams did a great job defensively. Oh yeah, you all you, you figure you always win if you hold the pass to thirteen points. Oh if yeah, you're the Rams. I think so. Um, and it turns out they scored three. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, well, these are going to be our last uh, last best bets for a while. Yeah, on the NFL at least because it's best bet time, and we're going to be talking about. Super Bowl odds, because that's really all we can bet on right now. I mean, that's fun anyway. In the NFL. So there are we, a lot of tasty ones. Well, we both just picked two teams um, and uh, with the pinnacle odds that we, we thought were, were good bets. I don't know who you picked, but I have a guess on at least one of the, one of the teams you picked. I think, yeah. 
I think you uh, you probably got it. What and is it? It's got to be the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah. Did you pick that? I picked them also. Okay. Chicago Bears, uh, they're getting almost 20 to 1. I plus, mean, plus 1938. They were like the fourth or fifth best team in the league this year. They're so good. And they're going to they're gonna be better next year. They should improve. The Saints, I don't know why the Saints would be better. Uh, the Rams might be really good. The Chiefs might be really good. But the Bears are getting 19.38 to 1. Who cares? Yeah. They don't have to win very often. There are worlds where the Bears are the best team in the league next year. Yeah. They're on, and they aren't that few and far between. I love the Bears at 1938, plus 1938. I love them. That's an amazing bet. Yeah, I, that's why I figured. Like, the Bears fans got to see that. I To me, that stood out as one of the two great, great bets. Although I liked a few others also, quite honestly. Like, ones I didn't take. Seattle's, like, plus 2,500 or something. That's my second one. Oh, that's pretty tasty, too. My second too. one is Seattle plus 2,559. Like, yeah. Seattle is going to be better than they were this year, last year. They have a very young team cobbled together, and they really made it work. I think they have really good GMing on that team yeah. over, the la- over, like, the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era. It seems like they always just find good pieces. I mean, everyone thought they were going to be very, very bad right. this, this past season, and they were not at all. Um, and having Russell Wilson sort of makes you think, like, if you're in a tight, close game, you're almost always going to win. Yeah. You're not worried about him, like, Jared Goffing it, if you will. You know, like, if you make the Super Bowl, you've got a great chance to win because if it all comes down to it, Russell Wilson will almost always deliver. Right. We've just seen him do it so much. He, they've won Super Bowls. They have a young, explosive defense that was a lot better than expected, will be better next year. They have a good receiving core with Doug Baldwin, who is, when healthy, really quite awesome. And Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett, who, according to Pro Football Focus, had the best receiver season in the NFL over like the past 20 years, which is crazy. That is still very they got Those two guys, they don't have a solid running back starter for sure, but they do have Chris Carson when he's healthy. He's pretty good. And they had they ran the most yards of any team in the NFL, despite not having one main guy. I mean, I, I assume that Penny's going to really be the guy next year, but yeah. who knows? I'm not worried about them and their running backs. They've got a lot of guys they can choose from, and they and clearly don't. One of the things I love about the Seahawks, and they've been like this since um, they got whoever, who was the guy they signed for $9 million? Matt Flynn. Since they oh, got yeah. Matt Flynn, they never, Pete Carroll, it's really Pete Carroll, he never, ever cares where you were drafted, how much money you make, what they gave up to get you. He just picks the guys who are best. So they gave Matt Flynn $9 million a year for five years and immediately took Russell Wilson in the third round and started him right away Yeah, because he was better. And boy, did that work out. And they took Penny in the first round this year. But guess what? He at best split carries and often didn't do that. Often he right. was the number three running back because Pete Carroll's interested in winning and taking the best guys, and that's all he cares about. I love that. Yeah. So I think at t- nearly 26 to 1, that's not a bad bet either. I don't hate that bet. Here's my other best bet with the Super Bowl odds, and it's the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. I just can't turn it down, man. Plus 1098. That's 11 to 1 on the Rams to win the title. Yeah. That, that seems, seems crazy. Most of this season, I thought they were the best team in the league. Actually, pretty much the whole season, I thought they were the best team in the league. I always thought the Saints were the best team in the league. But even if you want to think that, like, certainly you would, we, I think everyone would agree the Rams and the Saints were very, very, very close. Look at the, look at the game, the yeah. playoff game. I Believe me, I think the Saints obviously should have gotten that call. But, like, it came down to one call at the very end. That's how close those teams were. Right. right. Um, a lot of times a team that loses the Super Bowl falls off, falls off a cliff the next year and sucks and doesn't make the playoffs. That happens a lot. It could happen with these Rams, although there's reasons to think it won't, right? Um, Goff could take another step forward because he's still very, very young. He was the number one overall pick. They've got a lot of... Th- that team is stacked in a lot of ways. 
they're probably going to rule the roost over the NFC West again most of the time. Unless Seattle. Seattle could take a big leap. In- I guess Garoppolo could come back strong, but that's asking a lot. Yeah. Um, 11 to 1, though, they just had to have to win one out of. I mean, it seems like an incredible, incredible bet. You're one out of 12 times for you to break even on that. I feel like they win Super Bowl next year more than one out of 12 times. Yeah. I feel like all of those bets are all those three bets that we talked about are, are all pretty good. I really like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. One, I want to talk about one more thing before we conclude this NFL okay. podcast. We might not have an NFL podcast for a while. Yeah, we that's just right. We'll be doing NBA, and sometimes if some news comes up or free agency or something, we'll do an NFL thing. Yeah. But, um, on the opposite side of the spectrum, instead of who's more the best odds to win the Super Bowl and who you want to pick, which teams do you think are the most fucked next year? Like, who's super fucked? <laughs> okay, that's a great question. I have two teams that come jumping off the page to me. Why don't you start? Raiders. They're sure. going to continue to be super fucked. Sure. They're doing the Gruden like tank for seven years and then be good for the last three years of your contract thing or whatever he's trying to do. And the Carolina Panthers. Oh, the Carolina Panthers, yeah, you say. Yeah, they can't get rid of Ron Rivera because they love Riverboat Ron, but that guy is not good at coaching football. Uh, Cam Newton had, was an MVP one year. Maybe he can get back to that, but I feel like ever since, I think it was game one after his MVP year where he just got destroyed by the Broncos over and over again, like definitely concussed and not reported. Mm-hmm. He's never been the same. Uh, the Panthers started strong this year. It looked yeah. horrible down the stretch. Yeah. They have Christian McCaffrey. I don't believe in Cam Newton anymore. The The defense is aging. Luke Keekley is constantly injured. I don't see this team doing anything. I think they're fucked. That's not crazy. For me, the teams that are fucked next year, one of them is the New York Giants. Sure. Yeah. Eli Manning's still going to be the starter. Yeah. How can that work out? It can't. That's a terrible, terrible idea. Maybe they're just saying that. And they draft someone. But even if they draft someone, that guy's not going to be good right away. They never are. Baker Mayfield eventually was good, but it took him half a season anyway. They're going to be really bad next year. took him getting rid of Hugh Jackson. That, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I expect the Giants are going to suck next year. And then I'm going to stay in the NFC and say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are going to put their hopes and dreams around the neck of Jameis Winston and apparently drown with him because gonna, that guy is not good enough. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. I mean, he's a turnover machine. I don't know. I understand he was the number one overall pick, but like there was like most of the way through the season, it looked like they were definitely cutting bait with him. And then here we are. They, they ended up benching Fitzmagic again, going back to Winston and Winston didn't completely suck. So they're like, all right, he's our guy, but that's not what you want in a young quarterback. You want a guy who you, who could be a star. And at this point, it doesn't look like Winston's going to be that. It's so weird with those two guys. Like, to have Winston and Fitzpatrick on the same team being the quarterbacks, kind of just going back and forth between who's starting, they're like the same guy on the football field, it seems like, where they have these these games where they throw, like, four touchdowns and 440 mm-hmm. yards and look amazing, and then two weeks later, they're benched because they're so fucking bad and threw nine picks in, in half a minute. Right. Like, I mean... It's, like, crazy that the, both guys are like that. Look at, like... There's so many young quarterbacks we can look at, like Deshaun Watson. If you're thinking about like Jameis Winston for a second, Jameis Winston apparently had all the tools, could do anything he wanted, but is not delivering. Deshaun Watson, who was hurt for a lot of this year with a cracked rib, but punctured lung, punctured lung. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I think it was Brady who had a cracked rib, but anyway. um, But still, his numbers were good this year. Yeah, and the team was good. Now they they won like eleven in a row or something like that after starting zero and three. But he was a big part of that. And honestly, they struggled in the red zone. Like they like that should that's a regression to the mean thing. I gotta believe. And next year they'll be better in the red zone, especially if they had Le'Veon Bell, which is apparently all the buzz is that Le'Veon's going to go to Houston. Oh wow, um, that'll really help them. 
Like I believe Deshaun Watson's gonna like be good for a long time, and that's a guy who at least you could see massive upside with. What's the upside in Winston, the twelfth best quarterback in the league? Maybe yeah, so maybe the eighth. That's a good reason to think that they're fucked. Yeah. So I think they're. I think those are my two teams that are fucked. But there's other candidates. There's obviously other teams that are probably pretty <laughs> fucked. The, probably the, the Lions. Like what are they're just gonna tread water, right? With Matt like, Stafford, yeah, it feels like. What What are the Dolphins doing next year? Yeah. I mean, they're gonna not have Ryan Tannehill, which just makes sense, and then do what? Yeah. Get Joe Flacco. That's not going to help enough. Get Nick Foles. I don't think that's going to help them enough either. Nick Foles is going to be good on a team that's already good. He's not like the difference maker, though. He's yeah. just good in the play. He's good when everything's on the line. He's great. Yeah. But that's different. You can't build a team around him forever, I don't think. We're like picking all the teams that are not necessarily going to have the worst records, but are but feel the most fucked like for long term. Because like you could say the Bills, but they have some hope for the future, you know? With with Josh yeah. Allen, so right, right. They yeah. have a higher upside. They have a high upside play at quarterback. Yeah. But you either want someone who's really good or a high upside play. It's like you don't want it when you're when you're when you like the Matt Stafford types of the world where it's like, well, if things work out, he could be like Andy Dalton or vice versa. <laughs> if Andy Dalton works out, he could be like Matt Stafford. Like that's not good enough most of the time. Yeah. Like look who made the Super Bowl this year or the playoffs. The best teams in the playoffs this year were the Saints, the Rams, the Pats, and the Chiefs, and. Three of those four teams have got, you know, all-timers at quarterback. I'm already including Matt, Pat Mahomes as an all-timer, which is maybe a little strong. But he's got a great chance to be an all-timer. And then Goff was good for a lot of the year, is a number one overall pick, and still could. And the Rams' offense was amazing this year. They scored 33 points, right? Think, and a lot of that was Goff. Just thinking about if Pat Mahomes isn't an all-timer, he's still kind of an all-timer. Like, imagine the 30 for 30 would be mm. so good six years from now yeah. if Pat Mahomes is just horrible. Like he washes out, he's he washes out, and he's out of the league in six years. Yeah, the thirty for thirty about like the year of Mahomes and like how did this happen that he was so good this year and then he sucked. The thing is that um, so like Nick Foles is a good guy to remember back to where he had that year. Where is it twenty nine and two? Yeah, twenty nine touchdowns, two interceptions on the Eagles. It was like holy shit. That was like Chip Kelly. Maybe was his. I think that was a Chip coach Kelly too. year. Um, but the thing is, it was twenty nine and two, but he didn't look amazing. His numbers were amazing. Mahomes, his numbers are incredible, but he looks amazing too. He, he does. He is the part. He doesn't look the part. He is the part, right? What changed for you? Because I was saying that after the first game I saw him this year, and you were like, I don't see it. It isn't that I said I didn't see it. It's that I needed to see more. Ah. Um, I wasn't ready to say he was all that in a bag of chips, just all that. You know, it's like, oh, he's really, really good, but I don't know if he's MVP like level good yet because he's had four good games or five good games. It wasn't like that, man. It was like, I was saying, I think this kid's pretty good. And you're like, I'm not sure he's good yet. You weren't even sure. I feel like you weren't saying pretty good. I feel like you were saying much more intense superlatives than pretty good. I I certainly wasn't saying he was MVP. I was probably saying something along the lines of like, he is really talented and you can tell. I think you were saying things like he is the real deal, stuff like that, which meant like he's going to be like a potential like pro bowl starter for the next 10 years. And I was like, maybe, but I'm not ready to say, I'm not ready to say that. That's all. I needed a little more time. I think three weeks later, after they played the Pats, actually, and lost to the Pats, I was like, okay, he's the real deal. Yeah. So it didn't take me that much longer. I just needed to see that it wasn't just the numbers. I needed to see him play a little more but and see, like, oh, no, he's got everything. He's got all the throws. He, he improvises amazingly well. His arm is unbelievable. Not just, like, power, but accuracy, deep accuracy. I mean, it feels like he has it all. Yeah, he seems to play with, like, the recklessness of a player that would be an exciting player that would have a ton of turnovers, but he doesn't. Right. He just has a ton of touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some drafts where he goes number one overall next year. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, we have to wrap this up. Yeah. We're okay. done now. <laughs>